Ladies and gentlemen, with that, welcome back into the Buster Show. We have a very, very special guest today, David Krumholtz. Welcome. How are you? We kind of met in the best way humanly possible. We were co-judges at the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, and we had a couple interesting judges on our panel. Not to drop any names, but we had Aaron Rodgers on our panel. I've got the broom. I'll sweep them right back up, and you can drop them again. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so intimidating that experience. You think so? A little bit. You know, you've got De Niro in the room. You've got who else was there? Oh my God, Scorsese was there. Goldberg, Scorsese, uh, Billy Crystal, all these sort of people that you you know that I grew up loving and worshiping. And then there they all are in a room, and 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 I'm in the room. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's you, know, you. Usually, i am also in the room right I mean, having usually no I'm experience looking, you know right I'm, I'm 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 on the on the outside looking in so it was kind of nice but it was intimidating but anyway i dug aaron Rodgers. i thought he yeah. was great super nice guy super nice guy uh had a fun time with it you know yeah. i think he was also a little sort of out of his element very much so very much so he made that clear in fact and uh <laughs> Yeah, that was a cool, a cool day. And then, so yeah, we, we ended up presenting the award together in the category that we were on the panel mm-hmm. that we, we were, we were judging. And, um, that was also quite, uh, well, not intimidating, but you know, awkward. I had never read off of one of those glass teleprompters before. Right. I also didn't know how it worked beforehand. You use the stuff that the young kids use today, right? What to do when you do teleprompters, like virtual reality. Like you, well, yeah, it's just right. Can, it's directly in front. You don't have to <laughs> look at a certain angle on this piece of glass where right. words magically appear when you, right. when you're positioned the right way. Yeah. We, that was, it, it's what they give the president. Yeah. We had one of those. I had never I aced it, baby. You did. I did. I baby. fumbled like one or two words, you but did. apart from that, <laughs> I thought for a first time it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, they didn't even give us a rehearsal at Nothing. It. Just just went throw on cold. Us to the wolves. I didn't even know I was doing it till that morning, too. Right, because someone canceled. Was it Aaron? Uh, <laughs> I don't think Aaron. <laughs> he was like, who you got me doing it with? I think Crumholtz. Aaron came Rogers in that like, morning that? on a on a PJ, left uh-huh. that afternoon. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. he got there that morning and then left busy, busy directly from our panel. Yeah, but hey, uh, listen, I know what it's like. I mean, I didn't. I mean that I didn't take a private jet from that event, but I do often from a lot of events. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, um, that was my first time reading off a glass teleprompter. I couldn't see the words, so you presented first. You said mm-hmm. whatever you had to say, a couple paragraphs, quite eloquently. Uh, Right. Very eloquently of mm-hmm. words that neither of us wrote or would have written. I wrote one of them. Oh, you did? Yeah, remember? Because I stayed behind and they asked us to write the thingies. You actually wrote it? Yeah. And I wrote the, the, the whatever, the gotcha. sort of short description I, of the film. And I read words that I had never seen before. Yeah. They were not in your voice. No. They were not written with you in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but so when you were doing it, I didn't see any words on the glass panel. So I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, oh, because you didn't have words on your side. No, I didn't. Oh, it was only on that one glass. That's Maybe one right. of them wasn't working. That's not right. So yeah. I didn't see anything. So I'm like, I think I have the paper in the back of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Worst comes to worst, I whip that bad boy out and try to find it, and then 
and then read to our gigantic crowd of like a hundred people. Yeah, there's nothing worse than I, I I'll tell you, I, I presented like oh God, man, like maybe like twelve or thirteen years ago, I presented an award at the Magic Awards, the World Magic Awards, which was wow. in LA. And it's 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 associated with the Magic Castle, also in LA. And <clears throat> it was an interesting night. <laughs> Uh, everything that could go wrong at this award show went wrong. <laughs> I was seated next to Neil Patrick Harris, who's a friend, a great guy, who had just been named the sort of official Hollywood ambassador from the Magic Castle, because he's a magician, to the rest of the world, I guess, yeah. whatever whatever, whatever ambassador he was. He was that guy. He was going to be the sort of the face of it. And I'm sitting next to him at his table. And I remember this comedian, Bruce Valanche, was there, who's... You know, his whole comedy is just mocking what's going on. And it was hard not to because uh, what was happening on stage was just one debacle. Like the magic tricks weren't working. Like it started with a massive juggling act, like three people juggling and they kept dropping the stuff. No, <laughs> that's the word. So finally, I have to do my thing and I'm presenting with, and you guys are so young, you don't even know who this is, but uh, a woman named Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar was one of the women that played Catwoman on the original Batman series in the 60s. And at this point, when I presented with her, she was approximately 81 years old. She Whoa. showed up. She's already a six foot tall woman, and she showed up wearing... At 80, she's six feet tall. Yeah, still. So back in the day, she must have been like seven six feet two, tall. Six three, I don't know. <laughs> but she had these massive heels on, and she wore essentially a funeral gown, like a big with a big buttress a funeral and, and a corset and a veil over her face, like a black veil. You don't want to be presented. <laughs> and she was way. somewhat, you know, frightening looking, but, but uh, amazing to behold as well. And then we, uh, she was quite drunk and then we got on stage <laughs> and uh, she totally improved her, her lines. She didn't, stick to the script, which is horrible in the moment because I'm up there. Yeah. And it's already a horrible visual. Imagine a huge, you know, sort of, you know, uh, draconian woman looking down on this little squat man. <laughs> I mean, it just probably wasn't the greatest visual. For, <laughs> they could have chosen me a better partner and probably done her a favor by choosing someone better for her. But what ended up happening was we had, we, we presented the award for best young musician, best new young magician mm -hmm. in the world. Wow. And it was this, uh, Asian fellow, um, I forget his name, young guy, great, amazing. And uh, they wanted to sort of play a clip of a compilation of his performances, as you do when you're mm -hmm. giving an award like that. And so they started this three-minute clip, and there was no sound. And you would think maybe like 30 seconds into the clip, someone would stop it. <laughs> you kind of got to hear what the guy is saying. Going. He's doing magic and explaining things. You can't hear a damn word. They let the whole three-minute clip run. <laughs> oh no! And me and me and poor Julie Newmar were just on stage. Like, my God, how do we? How do you come out of this? Yeah, how do you pick that back up? Yeah, what so those can do? be super awkward. I don't. I don't love. I don't love being myself publicly. But what did you do after that clip played? I said, "Well, that uh, I said something <laughs> like, well, that was fun,' or something. Something. That I, I don't know what to say. But the <laughs> night had already gone so badly right. that there was already quite a lot of 
laughing in the room. And, and <laughs> you know, it was just another thing. That went That's back. unfortunate. I remember Jason Alexander, who's also a magician, was there and he went up and sort of just ragged, roasted the whole night. <laughs> he just was like, everything that went wrong tonight. It's pretty great. But Neil, God bless his heart, was not thrilled because he had just been named the Hollywood ambassador. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> like, mean much now, does and it? And he's like sitting there going, my God, it's a debacle. But anyway, yeah, I don't like being myself publicly. I'd rather not, you know. Even this is, is somewhat uncomfortable. I, I, I hate my voice, uh, my face. Forget, I really can't stand the face. Over the face. Been over the face for quite some time. 20 years, probably. Walk me through your outfit right now. Uh, so this hat is the wrap hat given to us for the wrap of The Deuce, which I'm on on HBO. It wrapped uh, a few weeks ago. Final season, so we're done. And this Amazing. is a, the set of uh, this is one of the settings on the show. It's a gotcha. it's a it's a brothel, and so I wear this hat. And you know, it's likely that someone might take offense, but there's a story behind it. This is. Um, have you never heard of Zarface? I haven't. Okay, so Zarface is um, three guys: Seven L, Esoteric, and Inspector Deck from the Wu Tang Clan. Okay. And it's boom bap beats and uh, it's pretty incredible. They do a lot of stuff with MF Doom and with other Wu-Tang members and with all kinds of people and it's really great. I love it. Awesome. And so I wore this today not knowing that I would be on camera. <laughs> Had I known, perhaps I would have shaved and worn. <laughs> no, you're good. Less, uh, Don't worry about it. People like authenticity. Yeah, this is me. This is me, folks. This is uh, you know, for those that have been wondering <laughs> what I'm like. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and there's so many questions. What? I'm, I'm really an enigma. I have, I've done a good job of creating a mystique. <laughs> What's been your favorite set you've ever been a part of? Movie set or TV set? Oh my God. Now you're asking questions. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, God. <laughs> or uh, you can do. No, you can, so the best, the best set, I, I would say uh, the best. Well, no, because here's what happens. You say that was a great set and some other group of people who you work with are like what the hell um but i i, I will or say we can this. walk through every set you've ever been a let's part do of that so that we cannot uh, exclude anybody that let's do that that's better <laughs> plus it spends more time talking about me which I love. no no the best set i've ever been on uh was probably you know probably uh um well, when I started, I did a the second adams family movie it was called adams family awesome. values which is a good movie they still play it on tv a lot Love Adam's and uh, I was a kid. Like I got really lucky being in the industry. I was mm -hmm. thirteen when I started, and I and I literally got sort of plucked off the street and put on Broadway with a big part in a Broadway play. That was my first job. And before you know it, things kind of, you know, the momentum just kind of happened. And I, I mean, I was, I, I was doing well, and I, I ended up doing a movie with Michael J. Fox here in New York and in Toronto, and then. And then uh, I got cast in the Adams Family, and the Adams Family, you know, as a movie fan, as a kid, all you want to do is work on like some cool special effects movie, or something with makeup effects, or monsters, or that, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's pretty perfect. And they flew me to LA. I was fifteen. It was like the first time I was ever in LA. It was like me and my mom, <laughs> and we Amazing. got there, and it was just. I remember for the first day walking on, I think it was the graveyard set. <clears throat> and just being there it was like movie magic like fakes fake you know tombstones and 
and fake trees and backdrops and and it was like wow it's like it's like it was like being dorothy you know coming out of the out of her house into munchkin land you know it really felt like wow i'm i'm part of something super unique and surreal it did sort of hit a surreal level at that point so that was the most sort of fun personally like for me i guess i also had fun making a movie called 10 things i hate about you those those kids were nice Okay. I like those people. Uh, I don't love actors. I Why love, not? Well, some of them are the worst people I've ever met in my life. I've heard that from a couple of people. And, <laughs> and uh, the ones that I like, I love. And so if I'm in a situation where I've sort of fallen in uh, or I'm enamored with an actor, it, it means that they are probably a person that I, I would want to be social with and, and be friends with. But, uh, but there's always, you know, it's always a weird mix. You never know what you're going to get. Um, I've had really good experiences, really bad experiences, really weird experiences, trippy ones, freaky ones. Walk me through one of those. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to tell too many tales out of school. But since you're asking, <laughs> no, um, I did a movie. I'll just say this. I did a movie with a very, very big name movie star who was going through a lot in his life at the time. <laughs> and it was in a very, he was in what I would could only describe for, at least from my perception of it and from what he showed me in a very, he was in a very dark place, but we were making a children's movie <laughs> about a very silly thing. So, oh my God. And that's not the first time that's happened. I've actually worked with other children's movies you'd be surprised it brings out the worst in people? I, it does yeah that's it kind unfortunate of it kind of does yeah they're like yeah this is just a paycheck <laughs> oh my know, god yeah, yeah, it kind of does that's so yeah. twisted yeah it's it's yeah what type of movie do you think people have the most fun on comedies i would assume comedies are fun yeah they're meant to be fun they can be hard because it's long nights you know a lot, a lot of times a comedy will be longer hours because you're just uh you're spending a lot of time trying things, improvising. It's less scripted. Less scripted. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, I don't know. I have, it really comes down to the people. Like I've had a ton of fun on some dramas. And, you know, I bet horror movies are fun. I've never made one, but I bet they're, they're a lot of fun. Because there's no way any of it is scary. Right. There, or yeah, you're just... <laughs> or real. <laughs> yeah. And like, I bet like, you know, you do a scene and you do a screaming scene, you know, the scene where like, You've gotten away, but uh oh, the monster's grabbed your calf and is now pulling you back into the ground or whatever. Classic. And you do the whole like, <laughs> and I imagine like after each take, <laughs> the crew claps because it's like, wow, that looked super. I imagine it's a nice atmosphere, <laughs> or I'm else, sure, like, or else it's just like let her scream in a hole for a while. And put a camera on it. I would hope that's not what it is. Like I, I hope the girl hope that's who is, what it is like I hope the girl, the actress who was in the hole in um, Silence of the Lambs, wasn't just. I mean, unless she wanted to be, unless she was method. I doubt that. You know, wanted to just be left down there to yeah. freeze and be treated like you know like that. So, could you imagine being a, a like a friend or a family member being on set for one day and just seeing that your child <laughs> screaming for ten hours straight? And just applause. Hey, listen, as long as that check, <laughs> you know, I've seen mothers because I've also worked with a lot of kid actors 
And okay. I've seen mothers let their kids do things that are <laughs> shocking. <laughs> you know? What have you seen mothers? Because the their cursing kids do? is one thing, you know. That's nothing. Or even like, oh, you know, there might be nudity in a scene, and the kids in that scene or whatever. Right. Even that's not awful, but like, you know, um, you know, sort of doing, sort of playing, playing like bad kids, doing bad things. Um, you know, encouraging them in ways like I, you know, like if a kid has to cry in a scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> oftentimes someone will walk over and it's usually their mother and whisper some, something in, in the kid's ear. And you know, it's the worst thing you could say to a kid because the kid is like, <laughs> I did a scene recently <laughs> with a kid and he was so traumatized by whatever his mom said to him that he cried on camera mm-hmm. but then when we stopped crying when we when we stopped filming he wouldn't stop crying no he just kept crying and like standing there talking to him oh my god she what? must have said something terrible to yeah him. you know whatever yeah that kind of stuff is like i don't know i wouldn't do that yeah i like the the sound <laughs> of longer hours just joking around on a comedy and what i mean by that is i not that i wouldn't let my kid be an actor but i wouldn't um i wouldn't let an, someone make me cry if I need to cry on camera, uh, I'll make it happen myself or I won't because I can't. I find that that's one my, my, uh, my one uh, weakness is that I have trouble crying. Okay. You can fake it. I heard a, an interview with Robert De Niro where he was like, you just fake it until you actually start crying. In other words, you start going. <laughs> 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 and eventually if you do that for long enough I you will start crying you'll right. actually start crying but it's also fake but it's because it wasn't because it's about what the emotions invoked Correct. via it's that's the that's the easy trick way out right so some people actually right feel that. things yeah i don't know how to feel anything what do you mean by that i don't know that's the problem <laughs> we should talk about that probably off <laughs> um anyway do some people assume that some movies are much more exciting than they actually are on set no they're exciting i mean it's a matter of perspective i find them all thrilling I, the fact that i get to be an actor is ridiculous <laughs> that's awesome that you, you know, still feel that way oh yeah i'm yeah. still super privileged but i also write i don't rest on my laurels i write created a show a couple of years ago that was fun and hard and good challenging work like a normal human being like i got up in the morning and had a schedule and went to work nine to just, five yeah whoa that was fun <laughs> and uh and uh you know i sort of made that happen for myself which was good and otherwise otherwise i just sort of you know i do a lot of it is sitting by the phone and waiting to be you know told to go somewhere and perform and how exciting is that? Like right now, like, so I finished my last job last week. I'm totally unemployed, right? I have no idea what's happening next. And that used to crush me. And on some level, it still irks me, but now it's super exciting. I have no idea where I'm going to be in six months and I hope it's somewhere great. Could be somewhere shitty. Even if it is, that's fine. You know, like even if it's not everything it's it, it, it that I would want it is what it is. Like at this point, I'm just enjoying being a feather in the wind, which I never thought I'd get to the, to the, that's great. Place. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. But yeah, so all sets are fun. 
I mean, my God, all sets are amazing. You know, you meet so many people. There's something great on every set. You know, there's someone great on every set. I've worked on difficult projects and, you know, there's something great about that because uh, the difficulty is a common enemy. So everybody involved in the project is sort of going, how do we make it a little easier on ourselves? That's kind of fun too. Which is more important, the people on set? I mean, the people on camera or off? As far as making a production worthwhile and fun for you? Oh, and and, and as far as that? uh, Well, everybody's important. I don't really place more importance on certain people than others. Although certainly if I'm collaborating with someone and they're a DI, they're not a nice person. I was going to say <laughs> Dick, but I'm not, I know I said <laughs> too late, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just said, it. um, then, then that's a problem, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to bum me out. But, uh, for the most part, I love everybody. I mean, you know, on numbers, the show that I did before you guys were born, <laughs> What year? No, you guys were born. Uh, it, it, it debuted in 2005. You guys I was were, here. You were very much born. I was here. On the show that I did. <laughs> like, I did it for six years. I actually years. watched it when it debuted. I'm sorry to hear that. No, <laughs> I, I did it for six years. And uh, I the crew was like the joy of, like, that was one of the funniest group of people I've ever met. And, you know, we had some really kooky sort of veteran uh, crew members that, were became our daily entertainment you know like it was it was kind of like you got to a point where i got to a point where i was like yeah the cast they're great i love them they're uh, best friends forever but i really just want to show up and and see that crazy prop guy that's great yeah it's kind of like that let's talk about the knicks for a second oh geez because i know you're also Mm -hmm. a fellow whether it be struggling or thriving Mm -hmm. confident or not we are both Knicks fans. What is your thought on the current state of the New York Knicks? I'm not unhappy. You know, I mean, it's look, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of impermanence with the Knicks, you know, and uh, you kind of got to put up with it. Look, this was their year with with what they had to make the most of of what they had. And the truth is that they've sort of done a fine, I think they've done a, a, a fine job. I think the whole hysteria over Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, I, I, honestly, I, 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 that's fake news, man. Mm. That's straight up fake news. It is. Fake news. Well, everybody's discounting the fact that New York has seven of the, t- of the, the next 10 years worth of, they have seven first round, seven top 10, I believe, seven top 10 picks in the next seven years, I believe. Something like that. I may be getting my math wrong. So there's more kids coming in. It's going to be a young team. For sure. Which is great. And that frees up cap space. If you don't, you know, and, and it makes it so you don't, you can keep a winning team going, cruising for a couple, three years. I think this team this year is going to surprise a lot of people. Because it's so big and young. I, also, I can see first off, 35 to 40 wins. The people that are upset about us not getting Zion Williamson and getting Julius Randle, mm-hmm. Julius Randle averaged 21 and 9 last year. If anybody thinks for a second because, that Zion's putting up those numbers this year, right. they are out of their mind. Agreed. Julius Randle is a beast. So is Taj Gibson. So is uh, uh, Bobby Taj Gibson's Porter. a little bit later in his Yeah, career. but you know what? Love Bobby yes. Portis. Bobby Portis is amazing. And, uh, and, uh, um, uh, RJ, the, and RJ, Kevin. yeah. I mean, it, it's 
It's a squad. Alonzo. It's a big squad. Um, I like it. I like big, man. Mitchell Robinson. Right. Uh, Great. Mar- uh, Marcus. Uh, Mike. One more. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, I, you know, hey, I'm not. I preface. When, uh, we, I should say I am admittedly not a an obsessed NBA fan. And here's why. Okay. Here's why. In the 90s, the Knicks were the most competitive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Whether they were the most dominant or the best is, you know, Patrick arguable, kept him there. But they were certainly most the most competitive. And when I use the word competitive, I think if you know, if you remember the Knicks of that era, you know what I mean. I'm, they were yeah. tough. They were rough. They, they fought the Bulls every time. And that was a legacy that they established for themselves that they haven't yet repeated since. True. Um, it's been approximately 20 years or so since the Knicks have really not been great. They've had a couple uh, good years sort of contending for champion for, for uh, playoff spots. And then also, you know, um, being, being in the, the playoffs with Carmelo that one year was, you know, they, they got farther than they'd ever gotten in a very long time. Yeah. And it was exciting. Scoring champ. And I love Carmelo Anthony, and I think he gave the city all of it. Do you think he, he should be on a team right now? I don't, I wouldn't be against it at all. I mean, he's, he's one of the purest shooters he in the history hoop. of the NBA, I, I and he can still summer. play. And if he wants to be here, he's one of the pure. Yeah, he's gotten a bum rap. I feel bad for, for Carmelo. I don't know why. I, I mean, I've, I've read and I've heard all kinds of things, yeah. but, you know, to me at the end of the day, if you put up, stats for your team on a nightly consistent basis you're doing you're doing right by your team yeah uh and if you're so, willing to take a minimum contract like yeah he's no the right thing the team no he did the right but things. as you were saying about the knicks so yeah uh i think so for 20 years they've struggled <clears throat> and it's been tough it's been tough having been so immersed in it in the 90s mm-hmm. to then sort of be shocked out of it for 20s like you know where you just know there's you know, every time there's a little forward momentum, there's a huge setback. Huge. I thought Porzingis was a huge, great thing that was too, be brother. amazing. I do wish they that he'd still be on the team as well. I understand why he had to go. Totally. 100%. A lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Mostly PR. And look at and and there's draft picks involved there and and for the Knicks. I mean, it's all good stuff. The future looks bright. I think, look, New York is such a is such a uh, exposed sort of people, you know, certain, certain uh, sports pundits will, um, will pick on New York teams just because they know that gets more people talking. People talk more about New York teams and they'll focus on things on micro, you know, microscopically sort of break things down and, and be a little, be a little um, harsh in that respect. I'm talking about certain people who have reacted so violently towards what the Knicks did this off season, which to me is a show, you know, you might as well be Guy Fieri, you know, (laughs) screaming about food. If you're, you know, like, honestly, man, if you can't see the good in this, in these moves and you're just going to say, Oh my God, they blew their opportunity to have some look, man, the guy hurt himself pretty bad. Kim Durant is hurt. He's out for a, a full season. He comes back in the playoffs if they're lucky, if they get there, which I don't think they should and, because right. of what happened last year. Right. I don't, I don't, yeah, you don't even use them. So he comes back 2021 and at, they probably win the title. I if he's fully I, healthy. I doubt that highly, man. 34 DeAndre years old. Jordan 
Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's an it, look. They're Kevin Durant, Spencer. Hey, I like that team. Uh, I like that team. They're they're missing In one the name. East. They're missing the name he needs, and that's Steph Curry. I mean, that's the name he needs to win a championship. Keep in I mind, hate to say, though, I don't. Do I think Kevin Durant can lead that team to a very high, uh, to to you know, well into the to the playoffs and even to a to a to a championship opportunity? Sure, but I don't see him crushing any of those West Coast teams. What you what you got to keep in mind though is in 2016 when LeBron was in what will be Kevin Durant's position, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving was the one that saved him. And they beat Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. They sure did. They sure did. Although I remember Kyrie, you know, in that series coming back from injury. Yep. And it not it, it being more of a team effort than it being Kyrie the reason. But he hit LeBron. the clutch shots. Sure, he did in his moments. I think Kyrie's great. I think, look, it's great to have those names, man. Yeah. And they're names, believe me. And it's good to have names because, you know. Sell tickets. You sell tickets. <laughs> But, keep people watching. But the great thing about the Knicks is the Knicks know their business. They know they sell out every game. Right. So, so it doesn't matter. Let's build. Let's build so that maybe in a couple of years we get Giannis. I 2021, mean, yeah. 2022. Let's go. Let's go for the bigger, the the you know, the fresher stuff, you know. I don't I don't want to see, and I and I bet I bet this bothers Dolan and I, I bet this bothers the organization as well. I don't want to I don't want to have a revolving door. Like, oh yeah, he spent two years with the Knicks, two years with the Clippers, two years with I don't want I want things the Which way is they what were, the Knicks where happened. a guy grows up with a team and stays with a team for the bulk of his career. Yeah, the Kobe's, the Derek's, all of them. The Olajuwans, the Ewings, the that's the way it used to be. Yeah. The idea that this new thing that really was invented by LeBron's elasticity and that he could to play Miami, anywhere. Yeah. Miami to Cleveland, but you know, Cleveland. And he thought Miami, about New to York Cleveland, too. Lakers now. And yeah, you know, look. Do I think anyone's going to beat the Lakers this year? No, I think not those, the Clippers. Not the Clippers. With no. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, Kawhi fresh off a title, LeBron wanting Kawhi so that he look. It's like NBA Jam, the, if, the second spot. It's like NBA Jam. It you is. put you put Kawhi. It is. You put Kawhi and George up against LeBron and Anthony Davis. Man, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if I'm playing NBA Jam. With LeBron Will, and Davis are crushing them. But you got to keep in mind who's in the second unit. Because the Absolutely. second unit gonna, is what's going to win them the playoff games. True. But I think, I don't know, man. I, LeBron just has, I don't think he's, he's, the man. I don't think I he's done. I don't think he's done. Neither do I. Not even Not close. I think he got into a situation last year where he's, it's, he's feeling it out. And I think the, the organization clearly wants to win with him. Agreed. They're going all out. They're going nuts. Hey, but yeah. Um, and I think they'll do great. The Clippers are going to be great. You I know? think both will be great. I think it's very silly to have. I think it's very silly. What I frankly, I find the whole thing a little silly to be honest with you. All the moves because you've got two huge stars in New York in, in uh, on, on, the on the Brooklyn Nets, Nets, yeah. on the Nets. And you've got another four or five in LA alone. Correct. Um, big market teams, lots of money. I don't know. Should there be some sort of um, um, some sort of regulation of that, you know? Should, I mean, that's what should the, it be allowed? The cap salary is right. I mean, that's kind of what it stands for. But you know, and these and these teams just happen to be in those positions, I guess. But uh, but then again, think about the last couple title winners: Toronto, right? You know, 
Oakland, Thank Cleveland. You. Right. And, and that's so, great. So it's just switching back to what it was before, which right. I'm not necessarily mad at no. as long as the cycle keeps going. And I think the Knicks are going to have a place in that. I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't think 2020 is going to be a season that I think they'll make the playoffs. I do. I think they'll in get 2020. So in 2020, this I think upcoming season yes, or next season, I think he'll go absolutely. I think I'm predicting 35 to 40 wins at least, which is which probably land a them playoff in the eighth spot. or seventh seed. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can totally see that happen with RJ. I mean, I just think this team's going to be beastly. I think defensively it's going to be beast. And I, I, honestly, I think Randall is, I like I like Randall is, is not done. He's, he's, He's not done maturing. He hasn't I mean, gotten started. He hasn't. He's barely gotten started. Right. I want to see who he is with the New York. He reminds me physically of Anthony Mason, except that okay, he can you know he can shoot and he can. I mean, it's pretty. He, <laughs> he reminds a, me of Zion, but he can shoot. And right. He's a little less reliant on like bloopers that just fall off the rim nearby. Right. 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 Yeah. No, he makes his own plays. He's a smart player, man. I like him. You know who's super underrated on the Knicks? Who's Ignis Bradzinkis. Second round pick this year. Second round pick, Iggy. and he's uh, he's been in the D League. He's been, uh, no, no, he was just drafted. He right, just but he's drafted. been in the summer league. I should say. Yes, yeah, he played yeah. outstanding in the summer. He's league. great. Yeah, he played better than RJ. He sure did. It, you know, they're smart with their foreign moves too. I mean, no one knew who Chris Chris Stapps Porzingis was. Remember, also, when, remember when they picked him and half New York freaked out, like who is this guy? And half the media was like, we don't know. Alonzo Trier wasn't drafted. Right. The New York Knicks picked him up. Right. They, he was and just he left. ended up being first team all rookie. Right. So they should pick up Carmelo, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. If Carmelo I don't know where he fits on the team. Melo, not on the Knicks. I think he fits yeah. on a lot of NBA teams, though. Yeah. Teams I'm like, surprised that. Like Atlanta? I think he would be great on Atlanta. Yeah. Now they've kind of already filled that spot with Vince Carter, but I think, you know, the it's a weird thing is you know, of the world. He's the being judged Denver's. on. He's being judged on his, his losses more than his wins. Which is outrageous, man. You know, like the idea, it's almost like a backhanded compliment to say like, Carmelo, you're so great. You should have won a couple championships yeah. by now or at least been there. And because you really haven't been and haven't won anything, we're done with you. It's like, well, wait a second. He's still like, <laughs> he's still like an also, amazing player. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony. If not, definitely one of the greatest Olympic basketball players ever. Right, right has more gold medals than any other NBA player in the history. Total, total trooper. Total New York Nick, in my opinion. Like, through and through, total trooper. He got it. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get too into it. But then, you know, I wish, I wish it didn't end the way it did with the Knicks. You know, like, and how much of that is the Knicks' fault or Carmelo's fault or the media's fault? It's probably the media's Mostly fault. Mostly the media. It's yeah. It's pretty off the in the fault. media. Yeah. yeah. New York is, wow, vicious. It's brutal. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. But I think the young guys, RJ, he's going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. his game is there. He's more NBA ready than even Zion or Ja, I, for you, that matter. Portis is scary to me. He's man. good. He was good he's in Chicago. Really he was good. really good. Yeah. He's huge. Limmer, he can shoot. 6'11. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. I mean, who's there? Who's their number? Who's their center? Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks? It, it's going to be Mitchell yeah. Robinson. Okay. So, but I mean, think about that. Who They've set the signed, all-time blocks record in the summer league last year. Right. So where does, where does, Rand, so Randall's power forward, right? Or small, maybe? Small, I don't know. probably. And so what? Portis is coming off the bench? I doubt it. Uh, Portis could come in at four. Yeah. yeah. He could play the four. Yeah, absolutely. And then Julius and 
I guess Kevin's coming off the bench. Kevin, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. You think they'll start RJ right away? Yeah, RJ will yeah, start. They have to. Yeah. yeah, they got to. Yeah. People are coming to see RJ play. He's gonna be fun I'm to watch. Coming to see RJ you know what play. I loved? I loved how you know how it's just it's just indicative of how silly the whole environment is where the media sort of gets people riled up about something that's not even real. When the Knicks got the third pick, <laughs> everybody was like, damn the Knicks. They couldn't <laughs> even get the first pick. It's like, dude, the name is picked out. <laughs> it's ping pong balls. It's a ping pong ball. <laughs> Someone picked like, what do you mean they couldn't get the, th- they're in there. <laughs> they, what could they have done? What could that ping pong, should they have done like a magnetic That's ping pong Yorkers, ball? That's just New Yorkers though. That's just oh New Yorkers God, for like, you. We can't even get, we suck so bad we can't even get the third, <laughs> the first pick. So your impersonation of the average Knicks fan. And then, and then I'm sure there are people basically. Yeah. And then I'm sure there are people who are like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe the, you know, they didn't work out a trade to bump up to Zion. Get out of here, man. RJ's a killer player, man. Killer. Killer dude. Killer. You know, you're happy. This was a good year for, for, for draft picks and top five are killer. People say that every year. Next year, Cole Anthony is going to come out. Mm. He is. He would have been the number two overall pick this year right. if he came out of high school. Mm. Right. <laughs> There's a chance that if we combined last year, this past year, and next year together, he would be the number one number one overall pick. Period. Hey, he might end up being a Nick too with the picks we got, and we got to have a pretty pretty unfortunate season for that to happen. Most right, likely. but we still have the picks, right? I we mean, do. Yeah, yeah we regardless. Do. We, have, we own our own picks. We own our own picks, yeah, which is a great position to be in. And like New Orleans this year, New Orleans didn't have a terrible year last year. They had a right. 6% chance of getting the number one overall pick. They got it. Here's a question. How do you think the Nets are going to do? Wins. Tell this me. year? Yeah. Six seed, five seed, five, right. six. So that's probably 38 to 43 wins. I will place a gentleman's bet or some, some sort with you. You think the Knicks are going to have a better season? Than I the think Nets? the Knicks are going to have a better season. Than I can't the bet against Nets. the Knicks. You know that? No, I know that, but I really believe that. I really believe it. You don't have to take the bet, but I do believe the Knicks are going to have I hope uh, either so. on par or better. I don't know if really Kyrie holds so. a whole team together and, and, and they do have a lot of pieces though. They do have a lot of pieces, but it's like Jared Allen coming off the bench. Right, right, right. Matt Harris, Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie. But they haven't won. They have a nice team. They do, but they, they haven't won. They had a great won. season this year. What do you mean? They made the playoffs. I told you. I don't know that much about it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, they made the playoffs this year. Oh, and really? I knew that. the only thing that's really changed is D'Angelo Russell is gone. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is in. Mm. So what do, are they worse or better? Russell's pretty great. He's great. I agree. I, there is no wrong or right know. answer. I don't there. know the answer. Yeah. But I don't know if they're, I don't know. I think the Knicks are, I think the Knicks are, are, are a sleeper team in that, in that conference for sure. Because the best team in the East now is a two-man led Milwaukee Bucks. Right. Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. Wow. Good for you, man. Thank you. I didn't even try it. Uh, yeah. I even said Giannis. Wow. You said Giannis? I said Giannis. Is it Giannis? It's Giannis. I've heard some real fumbles of that one. Yeah. On TV, on national TV. And I'm sure the guy, the broadcaster, uh, stayed up all night at their hotel is, what, room. What is his, the origin of his name? What, what he's, he's Greek. He's Greek. He's, he's Greek. Yeah, he yes. grew up in Greece. But the last name is a, is a Greek last name? I believe so. Huh. 
It's a hell of a, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's crazy. Do you know yeah. his family story? It's crazy. It's like Shashevsky. He has an older brother that plays professional soccer mm-hmm. and three younger brothers that will all eventually be in the NBA. One played for the New York Knicks, the Nasus, the right. Nasus Antetokounmpo, and then Alex, I'm not, I'm not going to say it every time. When Alex when Antetokounmpo. I, wow. And then... I kind of like hearing you say it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So he's three younger brothers that will all at one point have played in the NBA. So it will be four brothers in the NBA. That's awesome. It's LeVar Ball's dream. What are they going to call themselves? Happen. The, un- the Antetokounmpo brothers. Exactly. Yeah. Or the Flight Brothers or the Greek Bros. Something like that. I was going to say it's, I was going to pronounce it Antenko Ampopi. Popu. Popu. I thought it had two P things at the end. I've heard broadcasters that are getting paid to say it say it worse than that. Worse than poo? Worse than poo. Wow. Like I've heard like on to the Yeah. Where they just give they up. Just, they give up. They give up. Yeah. Three letters in. Right. They give up. I'm out. <laughs> so Yana's not a so some, as we were some, saying, some of my best <laughs> takes are me just giving up. Really? Yeah. In acting. I'd rather I'd rather them use those. There have been takes where I'll have like something to say and I know I can't say it and I'll come in and I'll just say, I don't know. It's funny. Oftentimes the bloopers for comedies are funnier than the actual movies. I agree. They should release those in theaters. We made a conservative, uh, on the show I created, a show called Gigi Does It. It was the only thing I've ever been in charge of, but we made a like concerted effort to keep, to sort of look for the mistakes because they were spontaneous and we rolled with them, you know, but they're so funny, you know. Sometimes they're better than, yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever thought about airing the bloopers in a movie theater. Like after the movie's well, over? Yeah. A 30 minutes? Well, there used to be like in 80s, 80s comedies. Oh, like 30 minutes worth? 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever you can give me. I'm, I'm in it for the YouTube yeah. video. Yeah. So if you slap on the YouTube video at mm-hmm. the movie theater, I'll pay an extra $2 to see it. Yeah, that's not as offensive to me as like that's not like to me. I'd rather see that than than the behind the scenes of oh for sure of um, facial recognition I don't technology need to see that. and and uh, and they give it to me every time they shove what are those that mocap suits whatever they are they yeah. shove it in your face every time you see a, a commercial of yeah. this a movie a YouTube video oh let us show you how much money we spent yeah on everything no one cares about that stuff nobody. No, Unless I mean the technology is fascinating, but you Super. do find yourself watching those things and just kind of fast forwarding through, like, like they'll get to the oh, this is the guy who created the ears for that one orc, <laughs> and you're like, and he's like, the process behind the ears was as follows: I took one ear from a, you know, I don't care, right? I don't care what you got, like that Game of Thrones um, documentary that aired after Game of Thrones about the making of the last mm. season. I was just like, oh. I assumed it was, I assume all this stuff. I assume it was a big production and it was really hard. Even somebody like myself, a huge basketball fan, when I see the behind the scenes of 2K, Mm. it's the same thing every year. Right. It's It's exactly what I would expect. And it kind of gives away a lot. Like I used to like, I don't know. When I grew up, again, I'm way older than you. I'm about 72 years old. What Uh, games were you playing back, back in the day? Oh boy. Well, I still play. I'm looking forward to like Borderlands 3 and stuff Sick. like that. Uh, but what did I play when I was a kid, man? Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a Commodore 64 system. Never even heard of that. Yeah, you sure haven't. I, I, I had, 
I had video games when I was like five. Um, I used to play, God, Contra, Contra, okay, uh, Double Dragon, uh, Altered Beast. Uh, Interesting titles. Of course, all the Super Mario games. Yeah. And then I was into Sonic. I was big into Sega Genesis. Okay. Um, And then I've kind of taken breaks here and there and then gotten back into it. But as a kid, yeah. What's your favorite game over the last 10 years? Borderlands 2, for sure. Borderlands 2, from both a gameplay and a writing perspective, is the best game ever. Okay. I mean, the, 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 the writing... It's genius. It's hilarious. I've never played. It's so good. It's such a fun game, man. And what keeps you going through it is that it's really funny. Like okay. it's genuinely, like shockingly funny and uh and smart. And uh yeah. Play Borderlands 2. You'll you'll enjoy it. I didn't even okay. play Borderlands One. I just went straight into Borderlands Two and it blew my mind. I played it a thousand times. Did you ever dabble in the art of Fortnite? No. And I'll tell you why. I don't do online multiplayer stuff because I didn't grow up with that. It's a little foreign to me. I don't want to, you know, be yelled at by a child or yell at a child. It's Mm -hmm. more likely that I'll yell at a child and I don't want to do that. Um, There was, I did, I used to play GTA online and uh, I I remember one night, uh, <clears throat> Somebody said hearing. Something. Well, I remember one night, like an eight-year-old was on was on with us, going like, "We have to kill them, whatever." And I heard his four, like it must have been like his six or four-year-old brother in the background going, "You should have not done it!" Like it just was like there were babies playing, and I thought, "Well, this is disturbing," you know, like like <laughs> you know, like and it was yeah. Grand Theft Auto. It was like, who, "Where are your parents? Seriously, your- <laughs> where are your parents? It's crazy, <laughs> right?" Um, so yeah, and it kind that kind of freaks me out. Uh, plus I get killed quick, quick you, you kids. I don't know. You guys are so good, good at that. It's it. I'm good at video games that sort of You're like playing against yourself, like new video games. <laughs> I'm good at video games that sort of, uh, uh, um, uh, require intellectual capabilities yeah, and kind of mimic the games I came right. up with. You know, I, I grew up with, I should say I'm good at Batman, the Batman games. Okay. I can do that stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, gotcha. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not like. It's not like I play every game. I remember the first phase I ever went through was when DS first became popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're all the Lego games. Oh yeah, I probably spent infinite amount of hours on that, and then eventually progressed into Wii. It's so unfortunate the Wii's not around anymore because that was a great system. It was fun. I, I had a Wii. It was fun for sure. It was a little awkward. A little, awkward a little bit with the, with the thingies, a little bit, and and it kind of got caught in between the eventual virtual reality thing, right? Now that there's virtual, you don't, you know. Um, what do you think of like the Oculus and stuff? I like think it's that? great. I think it's the future. Why? Why, why it. isn't it more readily available? Because the tech isn't perfect yet, right? So it doesn't make sense for the price point that it's listed at. Mm. That's why it's still super expensive. And it's not perfect. So I the combination want, of those two things makes mm-hmm. it very difficult for the average person to want to get it. See, I see a time. Oh, I, I see a time not too far in the future where, like, if people want to, they can hang out with a famous person, like live streaming. We're close. We're very you know what I'm close. Saying? Like, hey, I'm Kim Kardashian. Come join me in my living room while I watch my favorite movie. And you're literally sitting next to a live streaming virtual reality 
stream of Kim Kardashian literally doing sitting and you get to feel like you're next to her. And it'll eventually get to a point where whoever pays the most money gets to talk to her. Dude, for Kim Kardashian. Forget about it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how much Kim would make doing that and you think about relatively how much I would make saying, hey, come sit next to me on my couch, um, I'm still making pretty good money. Do you take a guess at how much Kim Kardashian gets for an Instagram post? Because I know the number. For, an, for just an Instagram post where post. she's promoting or, something or let's whatever. Let's say Kylie Jenner, whoever. I would say three and a half million dollars. It's around a million. Oh. Yeah, it's around okay. a million. Well, see that? I overestimate. <laughs> you shot high. It's because I'm that's called jealousy. because uh, mm. I just assume that uh, rich people get really rich and constantly get richer and richer. Uh, that assumption comes from a deep rooted jealousy that I can't quite shake. Um, it's but probably going to gonna ruin me and create to your me, point, bitterness. And I think, we'll I think end. Oculus will take over mm. because voice is also going to take over. And I think the way those two things are going to come together where let's say Amazon creates the product, you know, mm-hmm. and they have Alexa infused inside it. So while you're playing the game, you're ordering food, right? You're ordering groceries this? while you're playing a game, you can order food and switch Pause the game and switch to a live stream within the Oculus of a grocery of them, store of them making your food. Yep, you can see how okay, you know what I mean. See yep. what they're doing. Are they did he wipe his nose and you know what I mean? And I think it's going to get to a point where you're not even going to have to click anything. You're just going to have to think it. Well, because that exists now, where you can control video games just by thought. It's just not readily accessible. You know what the next thing is. So we're in the era of the, of the, we're in the technology era, the high technology era. I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's explosion. Where, yeah. More happens in 10 so, years than happened in the last so thousand what's, years. What's the next period going to be? What's the next big thing? You VR. Know what it is? VR. No. Because that's part of technology. That, that falls under oh, the, the, next phase the next phase of like the of next everything? big industry. The next what do big, you think it is? You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Life lengthening medication. Life-lengthening okay. medication that can make people live for 150 years. You mean like infusion and replacements uh, of stuff? Well, there's <clears throat> they've been studying these things like called telomeres. Oh, okay. Do you know what those are? I've heard of it. And, what and is so, that? So your body is made up of cells, and, with it, and the cells themselves are made up of chromosomes. And every chromosome in your body kind of looks like a Jesus fish, like that. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. With the two fins at the end? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So those two fins are like... I get a couple of years of school. <laughs> this is going to sound so creepy, but those two fins are like almost... Imagine them like the, the shoelace, the, um, the ends of your shoelaces, mm-hmm. the plastic on the end of your shoelaces. If they come unraveled, the whole thing comes unraveled. Yeah. And so the process of aging is defined by how these telomeres, they're those two little fins, naturally start to unravel. So as you get older... That's what happens on a cellular level is those little fins on these chromosomes start to unravel, which end up unraveling the whole, the whole chromosome, which ends up causing death and whatever, and sickness and whatever. Right. Right. So the idea is how do they suspend the, um, the, the, the deterioration of those sort of little fins on the back end of that chromosome. Can they suspend it? Can they, can they slow it down? Can they slow down the rate at which you age so that 
by the time, so that 60 is, or that 60 is the new 30 and 80 is the new 40. Which it's getting closer and closer to that. So I think that's the next thing. This is futuristic talk. So what, what do you think makes that happen? Well, a combination of nanotechnology and uh, certainly, and, uh, and, and also, you know, the technology to sort of really break down minerals and components. And here's why they think this is a real thing. Did this boring you? No, not at all. It's super interesting. hell out of me. Okay. So when you die, so Mm -hmm. check this out. There's two things. Check When you die, right? The body, if it's put in the ground, uh, decomposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now here's, what's really interesting. Um, if you were to die and never be buried, your yeah. body, and let's say you died of cancer, okay? okay? You had a big cancerous tumor in you. If you died and were never buried, just left out there to rot, your body would rot, but the tumor would stay alive. Okay. The tumor would actually be a living thing. However, there's something about putting a body in, a gr- in the ground, underneath the ground, that deteriorates cancerous tumors in a way that only radiation could above ground. So what's in the ground that can do that, that can make it so that's something that's currently being researched. So that's, that's one part of it. And then there's a whole nother thing. One of the most interesting things that, that is uh, around right now that a lot of people do that I find interesting is stem cell. Mm -hmm, Have you ever experimented with that? No, because it's so, it's so um, heavily regulated and costs so much. You know, stem cell, that's the other thing I hope is that in 20 years, stem cell is very widely available stem cell treatments, stem cell therapy. You know, I mean, it's right there. Uh, you know, I remember Brad Pitt, <laughs> like 10 years ago, came when it first sort of popped on the scene. Brad Pitt was like, we got to get on this. And it's been 10 years and they haven't really made, I mean, it's, it's available, which is great, but it should be, uh, it should be cheaper, you know. I really think it's the key to longevity. Longevity is what everybody wants. You want to be able to live healthier longer. Now, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, we got a lot of people. We got a lot of people. We got too many people. I think it's a great thing because, because it's, I feel it's meant to be. I feel whatever's happening, I always feel this way, is whatever's meant to be. So I believe in natural law, right? I believe that technology, even the 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 ethical line that technology crosses sometimes is meant to be. I think I'm all into like bad things that happen, disasters and horrible things, terrorism, all meant to be. We're meant to learn and, and progress. You know, this is not supposed to be pretty life, you know. But uh, along the way, what we've done is build an amazing, uh, incredible thing despite all these, I mean, there, we've essentially built the world and sort of into a technological empire. And, uh, that's through innovation and hard work and people's resilience, you know, for sure. So I, I kind of always believe in the goodwill of man and that, and that great things will come out of bad things, but all those things are meant to be. I like that. You like that? What are you most excited about right now? In By general? the way, most of your audience, which is, I'm assuming a younger audience is very worried about me right now. 13 to 25. They're but a lot of these people like talks like this on the they internet. They do. No, they're they fascinating. But I, I, I sense they're also looking at me as a broken man. <laughs> well, with this question, you <laughs> yes. can fix that. What okay. are you most excited about right now? Oh, my God. Uh, I it have could to... be the Knicks. It could oh. be a movie. It could be anything. What are you most excited about? 
I'll, I'll give this the, the correct, the right answer. <laughs> I have two little children and they're pretty great. That's a I great like them answer. A lot. They're very <laughs> exciting. They're very excitable. My son, uh, he's a violent uh, child, likes to bite, smack, hit. He plays with his poo. And I think the other day he might've put some in his mouth. Uh, he's two I don't, and, I he's, don't think you helped the, the no, he's the two and a half. So <laughs> I'm quite excited about him. And I, I, I guess when I'm using the word excited as a pejorative as like, he's got me just excited. He's eating his poo. Um, no, uh, I'm excited about the deuce, uh, this year. The deuce is going to be great on HBO. Honestly, it's going to be killer. Uh, yeah. My son's fine. Uh, I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Uh, it's bad, bad. We may have to send him away. Uh, boarding school for two-year-olds but no he's fine he's a good guy uh to deuce on hbo premiere september 9th awesome it's the best season it's the last season but it's truly the best we all loved making it and uh you know for those people who've been devoted fans i think they're going to be really satisfied and also a little surprised and all the good stuff to come and, uh, and that's on hbo it's hbo on monday nights 9th. yeah it's going to start september 9th you know, my, I play a porn uh, p- producer on the show. Very um, exciting. And uh, it's been, yeah, it's been interesting. And uh, I work, I get to work with Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's an amazing actress and she's incredible this season. Um, she's been awesome. incredible since the start. So that's exciting. Um, what else? I don't know. The New York Knicks. You're very excited about the New York I, Knicks. I am, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, you know, my heart's so in it that I have to sort of, I have to contain my excitement. Do you mess around? Because, because if, if, if I get heartbroken again, this time it's going to be rough. I feel that same way every year. And then every year I'm still in it. Well, every year, if they're willing to make changes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it at the end of the day. It's yeah. entertainment. It's fun. It's my field of work. So I don't that, blame that front. I think it's, dude, you guys are, am- <laughs> you know how, what I was doing when I was your age? <laughs> I owned a fondue restaurant in Queens. That's actually cooler than this. No, it's not. It was a nightmare. A fondue restaurant? No one wants to cook their own food in Queens. You know what I mean? People show up and they have to dip balls of meat or whatever in, in like sauces, batters, and <laughs> I'm sure then, you then fry it or right. smell and they walk out of there bloated and yeah, my only association with fondue is chocolate fondue. Chocolate fondue is great. Uh, even cheese fondue is never, really never, great. Never, oh, never, never dabbled a, in a, a nice beer cheese. I can make you a beautiful like uh, <laughs> Kirschwasser Swiss. I'll take you up on that. Uh, but yes, the, uh, the 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 restaurant version of a of a of a fondue restaurant is that you 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 also cook meat in mm. oil or in broth. Less fun. Yeah, because everyone wants to boil meat. Everyone wants boiled meat for their entree at a restaurant. <laughs> That's what you want when you go out. It's I'm, just to boil some chicken. <laughs> I'm sure you learned a lot by doing that, though. By being by owning that restaurant? Yeah. I learned never to do that again. <laughs> and that's huge. Yeah. yeah. That's super important. Yeah. Although I made some good friends. and I, I, I don't think I would ever get in the service industry. But yeah, I, I like my job because I don't have to look at people when I provide my work. I don't have to deal with right. people. I, I deal with an actor or an actress and, or actors. I do my thing. And then I'm assuming people are watching me at home all <laughs> over the country, just going, my God, how much longer do I have to stare at this person's face? But I never have to 
actually hear them say that. I just imagine it. And I think what allows you to enjoy it so much now is because you hated what you were doing before at the fondue restaurant. That's right. Uh, if it wasn't for the fondue restaurant, I would have never <laughs> continued being an actor. Uh, no, the fondue restaurant, that was a big mistake. Big mistake. We had fights. In the, it was in Queens. You had fights? Oh, it was a bad deal. So the, no one wanted to eat there. <laughs> so, so you fought people so we, to get them had, inside? Well, no. So we had a yeah, we were out out there just <laughs> chasing people with machetes. No, there there we had a bar that was really popular. So our restaurant was not doing well, uh, and, and but our bar kept us open. But the bar was kind of a nasty Queens mm. sort of guttural mid nineties crowd, and uh, lots of drugs, guns pulled, fights. Um, Lots of nasty stuff. What I'm trying to say is I come from the dark side of the tracks. I come from a dark place, very dark. And I've, I've made a life of bringing light into other people's lives, but I'm still, I'm still that dark creature. Okay. I think it's pretty obvious. Do you mess around on social media at all? I do. I'm on Instagram. What's your handle on there? Uh, it's at David Crumholtz. <laughs> it's at my name. Do you enjoy Instagram? I like Instagram a lot more. So I was on Twitter for a while. And it's got to be great for a Twitter, comic, though. We, yes. Or an actor. Twitter, yes. However, Twitter also brings out the very worst in people. And it certainly brought out the worst in me. And I, I, I find <laughs> what does Twitter that mean? to be. Well, I just, I can't, I don't want to, I want to be able to say things and have them not be misunderstood. And essentially, okay. when you say something, Oftentimes, it opens 70% it of the people will read into every letter of every word on Twitter and find some reason to sort of slam you for it. And my problem is I couldn't stop myself from slamming back. Mm. So I, I, would, I would fight uh, uh, fans <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> people would be like, dude, I've been a fan of you know, yours my whole life. I love your work. And I'd be like, I don't care. Why would you hit because them back? Because I would with that? be angry at their political opinion or whatever. Oh. I'd be like, I don't, I don't need fans like you. And then, and then I thought, what is, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> I couldn't use Twitter any other way. I could, I only wanted to start being nasty to people, so I stopped. I quit Twitter. Good. I was like, yeah. And <laughs> Instagram, it's terrible. Twitter is outrageously bad. I just want to say that. And and I know, you know, there's people who are very reliant on Twitter and, and that Twitter has its uses and that Twitter has actually, yeah. you know, quite a profound effect on a lot of businesses and whatever. raising awareness on cool stuff, on cool stuff and has gotten a lot of stuff done. Great I also for breaking news and information when right. crazy things just happen or the super Correct. Bowl, whatever, it's where I go for news. Yep. Um, cause I do have an, an anonymous account. I just didn't like being me. No, I just didn't like being me on Twitter. Like I didn't like being like a public where everything I said was some sort of publicly owned thing. Or it was Whereas an anonymous person slammed. says something and no one cares, or they care and they respond directly to that. They don't make. There's no preconceived notions about who that person is or should be. I just don't like. To be honest, I think celebrities take a ton of abuse on Twitter. No one wants to hear celebrities complain about anything. And celebrities, but they have the right every- to say, like, "Hey, you know, we're getting abused on a daily basis on Twitter." But then, then, then there are some celebrities that are kind of asking for it. You know, 
Um, and I was in that position. I think I was asking for abuse and that's when I stopped. It became very sort of an unhealthy codependent thing. Instagram is just pictures <laughs> and everybody, there's sort of this unwritten rule on Instagram that everybody stays relatively positive and well-meaning. True. You know? There's kind of like, we can, Hey guys, we can be civilized and there's a place to do it. And it's called Instagram. I like that. That's a really good, but it's true. It's, for it's totally true. And, and it gave me, I honestly, I didn't mess with Instagram for years before because I was on Twitter. And once I sort of figured out what Instagram was all about and how it worked, I thought, oh, well, then I won't hate social media so much because at least this place exists. That's how much I like Instagram. Yeah, I think what's super interesting about social media too and what most normal people don't realize and what even celebrities don't realize about normal people or not normal people, but people that are consuming the content that that person is putting out, mm -hmm. it's that, uh, you know, it takes a very long time to get somebody to like you, very short amount of time for somebody to hate you. Mm -hmm. And then the second they see that one thing they hate, they feel just the urge to throw some, throw some words out there mm -hmm. and also don't realize that celebrities see everything. Right. Like you see a hundred percent of tweets thrown at you. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a human being, <laughs> you know, I mean, the idea that celebrities are sort of these Teflon people where everything can just slide off of them because why should they care? there's this sort of weird thing, then why would you comment? If you think that a celebrity wouldn't care about what would, what you said, then why would you even comment? Obviously, you're right. trying to get the attention of some somebody and trying to change the way they think or, or change the way they feel about themselves or, or make them laugh or whatever you're doing. Yeah, celebrities read that stuff. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, hell yeah. All my celebrity friends, and I have so many, it's <laughs> hard to count at this point, uh, all of them read their own, all of them read what people write to them, you know, right. I mean, really, you know, and, and, you know, it can hurt and it can be, it can feel gratuitously abusive. Cause like the know? thing is, and it's the same thing as the content, easy to like, easy to hate, hard to like mm -hmm. it's, you could get a thousand really nice messages blows right past you. You get one negative comment. Right. Right. Well, it depends it's like an on arrow to the heart. And if it, it's and true. It even depends if on how true. well written the comp. Like if, if it's a well written insult, I'm like, wow, this person's a smart person. It's brutal. He used, he used correct grammar. Like if somebody, and he, he must be right about what he's saying about me. <laughs> if somebody DMs me something that they hate me or whatever, they think everything I do is terrible. Mm. Every post I've ever put up in my life is terrible. I'm not funny. And and there's a spelling error. Yeah. Forget about yeah. it. I don't care. You go right for the spelling error. Right for the spelling error. Capital, capitalized letters. Like if it's all lowercase, I'm like, this dude has no idea what he's talking about. I got to say, it's such a dick move, but I do the same thing. But if it's all right, I'm like, I got to listen to this guy. Right. Maybe, maybe there's some truth to this insult. Right. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be insulted by, you know, publicly, like public beef, like by another verified account let's like say like you wake up tomorrow celebrity. and Eminem has a diss track on about you about me <laughs> just out of nowhere just going off on like Bernard <laughs> the head elf <laughs> you know hating on, on Bernard or whatever some character of you yours. know like picking some picking on on my weak spot you know my 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 vital nerve and uh yeah I don't know how I'd react and then the whole world supported him <laughs> and was like oh dude he trashed machine gun crumholtz he trashed <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, he, he deaded him. He's dead. Anything he says from now on, <laughs> I would be terrible. I would just come online and just <laughs> say, I just tweet, hello, question mark. Is everybody still so sad? Then, yeah, I'd just be super <laughs> sad. I'd be like, I didn't, I didn't bring, I don't want this. I, I think that's a better move than trying to retaliate with another diss track. Well, I could. 
I mean, I could do that. I am. I do write raps. Well, then maybe that would be the move for you. I am a rapper. Certainly would not be for me. A lot of people consider me a rapper more than that, than an actor. Do they? A lot of close friends who know who've heard my rapping. What's yeah. your rap name? Uh, it was uh, well. It's changed a lot throughout the years. It was when I was younger. It was um, flop shoe. At one point, it was um, MC Ronal McDonnell. Uh, but Doe was spelled D O U G H. Okay. Ronald McDonald. That was a silly one. Uh, at one point, I was Hemoglobin, like Hemoglobin, but Hemoglobin. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but, it's getting progressively better over and, time. And recently, I was uh, Still God. Mm. But now I've. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm no longer Still God. I've, I'm, uh, I'm Bin God because I've, I am still everywhere, but I've been. I'm still, but I've also, I've been God, been God. So then what been does, God. in MC 20 years God. are you was I mean, God? Uh, no, I'll always be God. Okay. Yeah. I'll be still God again in 20 years, maybe, or I'll be, you know, I don't think I'll be used to be God. No, was God? No, I'll still be God. I'm been, I've, that's the whole idea. <laughs> it's very, it reminds me of Kanye West. It's a little egomaniacal. It's a little megalomaniacal uh, in that I believe I'm a god, um, which most people don't. Uh, it's odd that I do, and I'll readily admit that. And most of my raps are about that. I think Eminem's diss track would probably also be about that. <laughs> be about how, how dare I <laughs> how think you call I'm, yourself. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great, though. Yeah, that's right. why I probably wouldn't respond. Fair. I want to ask you mm-hmm. one more question. Okay. I want to know. I don't know how any of this is palatable to you. I think audience. it's great. I okay. think people are going to love this one. Right, good. Um, I want to hear what your top 10 favorite movies of all time are. You can have been in them or not. But first, for those watching on video, to get the answer to this question, you have to listen to the audio. So you have to go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes because we're going to end the video here and you have to go subscribe on those audio platforms to check that out. So without any further ado, for the video people, make sure you're following him on all platforms. You check out his new show on September 9th on HBO and hop over for the rest of the audio. (laughs) All right. Top 10. Yes. For the audio exclusive people, movies of all time. Favorite. 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 You're saying saying favorite. Favorite. Okay. It's tough. And I didn't know this question was coming. You're asking for 10 movies. You can do five. You can do three. You could do so in one. No, in no particular order, I will name 10 movies. Okay. How about that? That's perfect. In no particular perfect. order. Perfect. Okay. You ready? I like the, uh, I like Clue, the movie Clue. Okay. The movie of the, the board game. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I like um, a movie called Defending Your Life very much. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I've never it's heard Albert of it. Brooks and Meryl Streep. It's about a guy who dies, but instead of going to heaven, he goes to a place where he's judged uh, on how fearful he's been in his life. And if he's proven to be more courageous than fearful, he gets to go to heaven. So it's about a guy who dies and has to fight to get into heaven. It's pretty cool. And it's a comedy. Uh, Coming to America, for sure. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's my number one in terms of my favorite. I because love it. works consistently and constantly throughout. I was literally was about time, to watch timeless. that movie on Saturday with my brother and they didn't have it on Netflix, so we didn't. But mm. you know, they're making a sequel. Are they really? With yeah. Eddie? With Eddie, yeah. And Arsenio Hall, yeah. When I was six years old or seven years old, uh, 
there was a Wendy's in my neighborhood that got converted into a McDowell's. And I was like, what is happening? This is in Queens, which is where the movie takes place. Right. And they were like, we're filming an Eddie Murphy movie here. And I thought that sounds cool. And then it came out two years later and there was my Wendy's and that's Queens Boulevard. And that's where I lived. And that movie is, yeah. Uh, I love a movie called, have you ever seen Smoke? No, I haven't. It's a great movie. Harvey Keitel and uh, William Hurt. I'll check that. It's a very good movie. Um, This is a good list for anyone that wants to watch some movies. Smoke's an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, let's see. I do love personally. I love Ghostbusters two very much. Okay. Uh, I love it more than Ghostbusters one, which I also love very much. Love that series. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, so I liked all those movies. I liked. Uh, I'm a. F- I think those are up there with my faves. And uh, I'll. My, lastly, I think my last uh, favorite movie is probably um ready player one really yeah recent ready player one is a masterpiece on so many levels it's crazy it's the most meta have you ever seen it i haven't i missed Dude, it I'm i really right have now, to man ready player one is brilliant it's spielberg doing something so meta and uh, so brilliant in how he does it. So when did that movie come out? Oh, and you know what else I like? That came out last year or two years right, ago. Right, that's what I thought. Ago. But there was an old version of it, right? There, no, there's a book. Got it. Yeah. Um, Tree of Life, which is um, a uh, kind of ethereal movie, Brad Pitt. And uh, that's a pretty great movie, Tree of Life, if you get a chance. I will, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. My man, those are those are my movies. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad you had me. I I, uh, I love being surrounded by young people and uh, being treated as one of them. <laughs> for sure, you're welcome That's anytime, nice. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe to the audio, leave a rating. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.